0: Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to take a few minutes and talk about a few different things that matter. Things like thank you, thank you to our community if you're a longtime listener, or just your first or second time here on the audio platform listening to the daily podcast. We appreciate your support, becoming part of the community, and making this job better. And so with that, if you have any thoughts, ideas, critiques, people you think should be on the show or topics or ideas that you want to send forth, your direct line to the show is through our new email, podcast at NationalFireRadio.com. Send us your thoughts, ideas, people you think would be good for the show, anything that's on your mind, send it over to podcast at NationalFireRadio.com. That's your direct line right to the show. On top of that, if you feel inclined, please leave a review Give us a five-star review. That would be fantastic, and we greatly appreciate it. We're working hard to gain your trust and to build a community, so any support that you can give us back, only better is the mission. So we appreciate that. Like, subscribe, and share, and share this with your friends and talk about it because it makes the job better. Lastly, I need to mention... We want to talk about the National Fire Radio website, www.nationalfireradio.com. That is where you can get your merchandise that supports the show and the mission and the platform of National Fire Radio. Well, enough about all that. Let's hop into the daily episode. So thanks for tuning in. See you at the next one. Now, the daily episode. Our first sponsor of the podcast, Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his crew have been manufacturing helmet fronts, aluminum helmet fronts, since 2017 over 200,000 plus shields have been manufactured by Taylor and his crew. Custom helmet fronts shipped within 24 to 48 hours whether it's one piece to a 500 piece department order, they'll get them out under 2 days. They're doing incredible work, 100% customizable product. Their product is top shelf. Not only are they doing aluminum helmet fronts, they're doing gas cards, playing cards, keychains, medical cards and charts pump charge street signs custom signs banquet awards you name it they're doing it go to Taylor'sTins.com and if you do order use this promo code NFR sent me all one word NFR sent me you'll get 15% off at checkout. That's because we have a strong relationship and friendship with Taylor from Taylor's tins They've been a longtime supporter of the National Fire Radio platform and I appreciate their support and friendship. without further ado, the daily
1: episode hey everybody it's rob national fire radio i'm very excited tonight because i have my good friend tara cornett from flame decon on we're super excited because we're going to be talking about a couple different things tonight and mainly january uh not only our birth month uh, for tara and i both but it's firefighter cancer awareness uh month and um cancer awareness kind of is in what tara is doing here so Tara, welcome back onto National Fire Radio. It's good to have you here. How, how are you?
2: Thank you, Rob. I'm good. How about you?
1: I I cannot complain. Uh, Kermit is trying to interrupt the podcast audio by barking at his brother, but other than that, right. we're doing well. So <laughs> <I'm> make <making> it through. <laughs> yeah. So Tara, re- really quickly, um, just for those who are tuning in for the first time and haven't uh, gotten the chance to meet you yet, who are you, and like, kind of, what wh- what's your background? Like, where'd you come from? You know, like give me the Reader's Digest version of your life story. Um, no, it's like, let's do Good
2: Lord, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tara, founder and owner, CEO, whatever you want to call me here at Flame Decon. Um, my brother is a firefighter. That is why I started this business um, for um, reducing firefighters' risk of getting cancer in the fire service. I, I realized that there was. Um, a product missing to to remove carcinogens from your hair and skin and found out that there weren't other companies out there doing it the way that I'm doing it to truly remove all sizes of toxins from your body. Um, so I developed a product alongside scientists and here I am a few years later um firefighters are loving it and just trying to get into the hands of everyone I can.
1: <laughs> and and Tara, it's important for everybody to know, like you know, you mentioned your brother um who's a firefighter, but even you yourself had firefighter training because you're a US Navy veteran.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean in boot camp for sure, they they put you through a little bit of fire training. Um and then I have also gotten the opportunity while working with the fire service um to with Eckert fire tactics and you being out there to experience some some live fire events as well just so that I can just get a better grasp on on what you guys do and truly understand it um it helps me with um further product development and just understanding what's truly going on out there
1: yeah and and for those of you who are tuning in like uh Uh, Bobby Eckert had, uh, Eckert Fire Tactics, had taken it to the streets event in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And I went down, uh, met Tara at the airport, and we proceeded on to this event. And I got spare gear for Tara, um, her own set of boots that she now owns. And then uh, we we got her into an SCBA and took her into a controlled uh, live fire event. Um, with uh, Bobby's crew, and she got to experience um, what it was like inside uh, a burning building for us at the Westchester um, Fire Training Center. And w- what was pretty cool for me on that is that working with different manufacturers and people in the industry, it's not very often that you get somebody who's the owner of a company who says, "Yeah, let me go see what that's about." Um, I, I only know of one other person so far who's done it, and that's you know not an active firefighter. So that that was a very you know neat experience for me but to also watch uh, tara in this uh, environment and then at the uh, end of it like have that i don't know let's call it light bulb moment but it was that you know like full circle moment when i was like hey now you get to use your product as it was designed um which is awesome because then we had that understanding so absolutely
2: um, that was incredible
1: tara when it comes to flame decon like why flame decon like what is the you know, I mean, give us the secret recipe right now. No, just uh, <laughs> but like, what, like, tell me what the product's doing, because you, you say it's removing carcinogens, people are like, there's a lot of stuff on decon out there nowadays. Um, what What is flame doing for the firefighter?
2: Absolutely. So so basically, you have to, you have to figure out what removes these carcinogens from firefighters, right. And something that we've always known is so good for removing them is activated charcoal. It's it's, um, it's just a really good substance for removing toxins, because basically when they steam this to activate it, um, it becomes charged so that draws in those toxins. Um, And then what it also does, though, in that process is that it creates these tiny little pores in the activated charcoal. Um, And then really the key for firefighters, though, is that like, you can take an activated charcoal and steam it and create these pores and put it into any kind of, of um, a product, um, which you see all the time out there. And they either have like coconut or bamboo or something like that in them. That's the type of activated charcoal. Well, you take those types of activated charcoal um, and those pores that are created are a certain size depending on the type of activated charcoal, right? And, and so you have to use different sizes or different types of activated charcoal to remove different sizes of toxins because what that's going to do is that that like magnet effect it's kind of like a magnet in a sponge it's going to draw the toxins in and then it's going to pass through so if the toxins are too big to go into those holes it's just going to go right around them if they're too small it's going to pass right through so you have to have it so that those holes in the in the activated charcoal those pores are the right size to catch those toxins And take it right along with it right yeah so you have to have different types of activated charcoal with different sizes of pores to remove all different types of toxins so what i've done with flame is it's a proprietary blend of activated charcoal that has all different sizes of pores that removes all sizes of toxins um so i've had some some testing done on this and um, for actually with Eckert Fire Tactics at the last FDIC, um, after their live burn event. And um, the testing came back that all carcinogens that were detectable after that live fire event were no longer detectable after using flame, which is huge. That's huge for the fire service, huge for firefighters. Um, it's, it's why I developed the product.
1: Yeah, I, I remember getting that information from you and just kind of like, you know, like, and in, in for those of you who are listening, we have a group message and a group chat that we're in uh, with a bunch of friends. And Tara kind of gave us a hard time because she was like, guys, this is pretty monumental. And there's really there's just crickets from you guys. But I remember like myself, I was just like kind of shocked at the information because um like we've we've seen different decon products out there whether they're they're the decon wipes of some sort or other soaps and stuff but this is the first time that we could actually see scientific laboratory proof of what happened with swabs and being like all right we're swabbing the skin of the firefighter prior to them taking the shower and we have that you know control base and then we're doing it afterwards and we're seeing that there's absolutely like that the majority of the carcinogens have been removed i think it was, was it like was it 100 or is it like 99.9.999 or something like that
2: all of the carcinogens that they that were detectable were non-detectable afterwards um the the line of after using flame was almost completely identical to the line of the completely blank never used swab
1: so the thing that i kind of got out of that is like for myself having had a fire where one of my sets of turnout gear at work, because I'm fortunate my employer has two sets of turnout gear for every employee. One of them went through a fire where we used copious amounts of a F. So when I'm in that backup set, now that we know what we know about PFAS, because I've had that conversation with you before, and I always feel like I'm saying it wrong, but that gear is, I think permanently contaminated with, that foam and what we're finding out from all these lawsuits and this investigation. So whenever I'm in that set of gear, especially at time, like I want to take a shower afterwards because I'm like, what is, what is on me? Um, And, and, and how do I get it off? Plus everything else that's in the fire station.
2: Absolutely. Um, That you're absolutely right. Once you get that foam in the gear there, even after it's been washed, however many times you want to wash it, there are still high levels of the PFAS from that foam in the gear, not to mention that all of our gear coming out of the factory is still coming out with PFAS in them out of the factory that cannot be washed out. Um, This has been happening since, I mean, (laughs) since the beginning of time with our PPE turnout gear. Um, And it's unfortunate, but it, I'm glad that it's been brought to the forefront now and there are manufacturers actively working on this. Um, But if you want, like, let's break it down a little further. Let's, let's dive into like, because I think that last year um, IFF and the chiefs association put out a memo letting people know that PFAS are in all three layers of turnout gear. Right. And I think that's where we're at. Like most people know that, but having a better understanding of how that works and where it is and how it affects you um, I think will help people understand when they should and shouldn't be in their turnout gear.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of like, I mean, that's our, that's our hornet's nest of uh, where we're kind of at here is that, you know, you had posted up on for cancer awareness month, some of the stuff about, you know, you've been handing out information all month on how we can do a better job of preventing Cancer, as far as what actions we can take. And one of them was um, not working out in your turnout gear. And there were some strong reactions about that, but it was really like for us, like it's something that we haven't really thought of only until recently that this, hey, maybe this is not a good thing. And these are the reasons why. And we talked about a like there's a couple of things that I said like hey like we we do certain things in the fire service task oriented physical training so um, that has traditionally been done in our turnout gear and it was to get us in line with doing like tasks like forcible entry pulling hoses operating a hose line up and down stairs like whatever that case might be those tasks that we do it was and then there was the breathe down drill where we're doing, um, for us in New York State, we kind of mimic a CPAT almost, where we're going up and down stairs, we're carrying a hose, we're doing a forceful entry simulator, um, a push-pull event, we're dragging, you know, a weight, uh, a mannequin, like all these things, and we're doing it in our turnout gear. But the one thing about that is it's training, and we have to train, we have to train in our, in our, in our firefighter gear, but it's not a workout, and there's a no, huge distinction and- there.
2: And that's the thing. I think there is a big distinction there. And I think one, I want to go into this, like, I'm not saying don't train as you fight, like train as you fight, but you don't need to work out as you fight. Right. I think Mm -hmm. that we need to, everybody needs to take a step back as we, as we learn and discover all of this stuff and new information comes forward and really assess your own risk. Make sure that you're not putting yourself at further risk for developing cancer, making sure that you're minimizing those exposures anywhere that you can. Um, and I think this is one place that we can really minimize exposure, especially if there's people out there working out in their turnout gear every day. If you're taking those off and not you know, opening your pores and sweating in your turnout gear every day that has carcinogens fully loaded in it and allowing that into your body, it's going to be a pretty big lift off your body of, of exposure. Um so saying that, um I think it's up to everybody to assess your own risk and decide how you want to move forward. But in that, like let's talk about what that risk is. Yeah. So we know there, there are PFAS throughout your turnout gear. What that looks like is one, the PFAS is put there um as A barrier to keep moisture fuels oils all of those that kind of things um away from your skin out of your out of your turnout gear it's it's a a barrier for that on the outer layer they they apply a layer of pfas chemicals to the outer layer of your turnout gear before it comes to you and um and at least one of those chemicals is fluorine and there's a large amount of fluorine that's in your, on the, on the surface of your turnout gear when you get that. And, um, so you have a, uh, a large amount of it when you get that over time, that decreases. But what that does is that it breaks down and it breaks down into a dust that you can breathe in that can be absorbed in your skin that you can, um, accidentally ingest. But when you're eating, um, so there's, there's that layer. And then you go down to your, your moisture barrier and your moisture barrier itself has PFAS in it. But then your moisture barrier um, is also has, at least traditionally has been then another mechanically applied layer um, has, been, has been put on that moisture barrier. Um, and from my understanding now, they're no longer putting on that mechanically applied layer but they're still PFAS in the moisture barrier itself. Um, and so all of these can break down over time and they, they cause dust that you can then, again, ingest, breathe in, it can be absorbed through your skin. Um, and that those are t- exposures every single time you touch your turnout gear, every single time. So if you're touching your turnout gear, even on a medical call, You should be going in and washing your hands. Um, This completely aside from working out, if you've gone, on, you know, even a medical call and you've touched your turnout gear um, and you go to eat first, you're ingesting it because you've touched the dust. If you go to the bathroom first, you've touched your junk, you've ingested, you've you've absorbed it into your skin, like that very tender tissue that's very absorbable as well. so you really have to take these things into consideration, um, when you're deciding what's best for you and if it's the right decision for you to work out in your turnout gear. Um, and I think that this is something that we all need to be educated on. And before you push somebody else to work out in their turnout gear, um, you need to do your due diligence and make sure that they know their risks as well.
1: Yeah, I know that in New York State, um, I'm trying to find the documentation on it, but like there's serious discussion about whether we should be continuing doing some of this, like the breathe down drills, the training, things that we have to do. Yeah, 100%. We got to have the gear on. We can't be, you know, there's no other way for us to enter burning buildings, etc. But when it comes to task oriented PT and stuff like that, um, maybe it's time for us to kind of find another way because this is not going to be beneficial for us i mean because it's it's and the hardest part is that everybody forgets i think at least that this is a cumulative effect this isn't like one day i just did a hit workout and i happen to wear my coat and you know tomorrow i have testicular cancer as a result of this this is our exposures over time and like i mean everyone likes to Kind of be their own dealer, like they want to be the house and gamble with that. But, you know, the reality is we have to try our best to limit the exposures.
2: Yep, absolutely. Um, And I I think something that we kind of skipped over at the beginning, if people don't know what PFAS is, (laughs) I don't want to butcher it here per and polyfluoral alkyl substances. Long name for it, right? There's like 12,000 of them. These chemicals, um, a lot of them are cancerous. And in in other words, they're forever chemicals. So once they, they absorb into your body, they're there forever. Now, I have read that there have been studies done that firefighters especially can go and um, do blood donations to where it can lower the PFAS in your body. Um, but no amount of PFAS in your body is good. And you don't want to cause this accumulation it's just making it worse and more toxic for yourself.
1: Yeah, I think of uh, there was a comedy special once, and the the comic was talking about methamphetamine, and she said that methamphetamine isn't is not a natural drug. It's not like heroin that grows from a poppy seed or marijuana that we smoke. Uh, it's or or cocaine that comes from cocoa, you know, uh, cocoa plants and whatever. It comes from that. I, I haven't watched enough Narcos on that one, but um, but like crystal meth is. Chemicals and it enters your body as crystal meth, and it exits your body as crystal meth. And these PFAS are chemicals that come into your body as that cancer-causing uh, material, and it leaves the same way, uh, or or it doesn't leave, and it just kind of hangs right. out, and it's like, hey, <laughs> and right, and then exactly. you got stuff that's not paying rent, and that's no good.
2: No, and so I have, I also have some notes that I want to kind of glance at here because I don't. Um, I want to make sure everybody is kind of aware of of where we're at with um, with these turnouts, um, as far as years and development, and 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 how we're looking at coming out of this um, era of PFAS in turnouts, right? So um, it's been proven in court cases that CAPFOA causes cancer. And most manufacturers, um, let's see, actually all 1971 certified structural PPE prior to 2016 categorically had PFOA in it. In 2017, 2018, they switched to a chemical C4 and C6, which they said was perfectly healthy, but it's being proven untrue now. Um, So let's see, they, after 2021, all manufacturers, so if you have gear prior to 2021, um, which a lot of them still out there are, um, you're still looking at these consequences of the, the PFAS on the outer layer, on the moisture barrier, the mechanically implied on the moisture barrier, After 2021, all manufacturers are shipping PFAS free finish on the moisture barrier, but there's still PFAS in the moisture barrier itself. Um, So, what I'm going to say about that is one, um, of course, all the main, right now, all turnout gear still has PFAS in it to some extent. As these technologies are developed and as As we get to a point where new standards are developed and let's see, it's basically until standards can change to have an ulterior style um, of material that can pass all NFPA requirements, um, you can't get PFAS free gear. Once that happens though, once you have manufacturers releasing PFAS free gear, um, now, until then and then, Even the vendors aren't super educated on this. They're pushing their product. So you need to make sure that your safety officer is doing a lot of research on which manufacturers are up to date, which manufacturers are releasing the least amount of PFAS in the meantime, or have have actually caught up and are releasing PFAS free gear when that happens. Make sure you have somebody on your end doing that research. Um, We're not going to be plugging any manufacturers, but just do your research and make sure that that as you replace gear, that that you're getting good gear. This stuff's expensive. Let's do it the right way.
1: One hundred percent. And it's like I would not cheap out on my body armor, so why right. would I cheap out on the? I mean, and I know that sometimes, like, hey, that's this department has to make bulk orders, and it's a decision of budgeting. But you know, try to advocate. For the best that we can have, because it's really gonna. And, and the other thing is, it's like the stronger TPP uh, stuff and everything else that, that's gonna help us as far as surviving that environment of all the heat and fire as well. So,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
1: so, on, on top of the products that you have, Tara, I think one of the things that came out that I really, uh, and I have to I'll be ordering it here shortly, um, is the firefighter call log and wellness notebook. Where did, just kind of like break it, I mean, I don't want to say like, hey, explain it for the people. This is what the sun does. (laughs) But like, explain, like, what? where did this idea come from?
2: Totally. So the idea came from, um, basically, you, I mean, there are so many different things that affect your risk of getting cancer, not just your exposures to carcinogens, right? Your sleep. We know that um, disruptions in your circadian rhythm is a known carcinogen for firefighters. Um we know that if you don't eat healthy, you're at higher risk of getting cancer and heart disease and other other health risks. Um, we also know that there, even though firefighter firefighting is listed as a carcinogen itself, that there are still departments requiring you to log exposures, um, if you do get cancer, you need to prove that. Um, and then also though, like, Mental health has a lot to do with it too. Um, And we're always talking about mental health with firefighters. So I just thought like, if we could bring all of this into a way to, for a firefighter to really kind of manage these things for themselves, um, it would just be really helpful. Kind of hold yourself accountable, but then also allow a space where like, if you've had a bad call, you can just sit there and write about it because we know that if you talk about it, or if you write about it, that that helps your brain process traumatic events, right? Um, So I came out with these firefighter call log and wellness notebooks that tracks your sleep, what you've eaten for the day, your exposures. Um, Let's see, what else I've got? (laughs) I've got one sitting here. Um, Water intake, workout notes, um, decon done after today's calls, today's call logs, call log summary, um, mental dump of today's calls and then goal setting and planning for the next day. Um, then you can, you know, set your personal goals, set your professional goals. If, if you notice something in your day that, that wasn't quite, quite right, that you could get better tomorrow, like write that down and make it better tomorrow.
1: Yeah, at the the beginning of that, when you were talking about the call log and having to document exposures, I know prior to the presumptive legislation that was passed here in New York, was a department, I want to say it was Plattsburgh, but I can't 100% say that. I was at a third district meeting um, for the union and this gentleman came in to talk about this. And this guy had like a 30 something year career, the the member who had the cancer. they were going over every car fire, every dumpster fire, going back through logbooks, And this was a time when he started where SCBAs were not used until like it got snotty. So like, and, and to me, I remember listening to all of this information and I'm going through all the exposures that this guy had through his career and then to know that this was told because they were like, yeah, you didn't get cancer from the job. Like the, you know. the
2: Wild, right?
1: Yeah. So like this I is. For- am
2: fully convinced that somebody can get cancer from the job without going to a job. Because even with this PPE stuff we've been talking about, they found high levels of that dust with PFAS in it in living areas and in storage areas of, of fire departments, of fire stations. Um, yeah. It's well known that um, diesel fuel, which is diesel fuel exhaust, which is a carcinogen, has been found rampant in those areas as well. Um, you guys are just exposed overall, um, which is one, why you have to take your precautions and, and know when you need to wash your hands. I mean, <laughs> um, But also why it should just be presumed that if a firefighter gets cancer, that it's from the job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um- Tara, just really quickly, we'll wrap up here, but uh, things that guys and, and girls can do, I mean, obviously buy a ton of flame decon um, mm-hmm. and use it, but what are some of the other preventive measures that people can can do that you've kind of learned in this journey that, are, that you just didn't realize when you started it out?
2: For sure. So listen, we are, because I fully believe in it, is we're partnered with Fire Wipes as well. Um, when you come out of a fire, get everything off of you your exposed areas that you can immediately because the longer that that sits on your skin the more absorbed it's gonna get um then once you get back to the station as soon as you can shower with flame and get the rest of it off your whole body um but also again keeping your your gear out of out of living areas out of your car don't take it home um don't wash it in your washing machine at home don't take it to a laundromat and expose your community um Make sure you wash your hands after every call when, um, another thing that, that I've learned with, with all this, um, turnout gear talk and the dust with all the the PFAS and carcinogens in the dust is that you don't want to be sweeping your firehouse or blowing out your apparatus with air. You're going to want to be wet wiping that stuff so that you're not mm. blowing it around and breathing it in. Um, Yeah, there, there are a lot of, a lot of different, just little things that you can do to, to help protect yourself. Um, you just make, make habit and routine.
1: I think it's true North gear. I got to, yeah, they have a decon bag. It's like a 75 liter bag. And, uh, they, they gave me one from when I was down at burning in the bayou and that thing has been a lifesaver and I, I highly recommend it to anybody it's listed on their website i think for like 75 bucks or something but if you are and this is not a it's not a traditional gear bag that you're like you know gears prepped in. if you're doing a home response or as a volunteer uh it's specifically designed to keep all of that carcinogens and stuff like you go to the scene in your vehicle and now you like so that way you don't you're kind of limiting the exposure that you're gonna have in the vehicle and then when you go to wash your gear turn it inside out and you know like I, i always joke but i have that Bag with fire wipes and flame decon single use packets, so that way, no matter where I am, if I have to, if if I come back on a callback and I have to take my vehicle to the scene, I have all the things that I need to decon or protect myself um, and my family from from uh, from the carcinogen. So,
2: yeah, that's another huge one is do whatever gross decon you can on the scene and get in, get it in, in a bag like that that seals it off. Um, so if you do have to throw it in the trunk of your car, not in the cab of your car, um, then then at least it's it's not getting all over the carpets and further exposure. Yeah.
1: Well, Tara, before we depart here, is there anything else that you uh, you wanted to say? Is there anything we got to promote coming up that you have coming out? Uh, any projects you're working on, things you're excited about?
2: Um. Gosh, let's see. We've got our um, F cancer stickers and soap this month for Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month for a soap of the month. Um, And then next month, we are going to be teaming up with first responder therapy dogs to do a fundraiser event for them for the soap of the month. Um, So that's, uh, I love teaming up with other um, cancer and mental health awareness organizations that just help firefighters. So that's coming up in February.
1: Awesome. And in April, we're going to see you at FDIC.
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, Tara, thank you for coming on tonight and uh, joining us here with National Fire Radio to talk about Firefighter Cancer Awareness Month in January and just some of the things that are going on. I appreciate it.
2: Thank and you, Rob. I really appreciate it. Yeah.
1: So this is Rob with Tara Cornet from Flame Decon. All caps in the flame. Everybody always remember that. So we will uh we will talk to you guys later. Have a good one. Fire ring.